want to talk about a few things in this episode. I'm recording this on the Friday the 9th of September. So this has been a really busy week for Apple. Um, Apple have launched a couple of products this week to moderate fanfare, given what they're usually um, enjoying for launches. The backdrop is that they have asked their staff to come back to a three-day week. AT&T recently, one of the largest comms companies in the States, have union um, have challenges with their unions who are saying that their members can quite easily and very comfortably do the work that's needed at home. And so the dynamic is becoming an awkward one for some businesses where they're where the staff and the employees feel that um, they can do the work just as effectively at home. I don't know how this sits with cultures within organizations. I don't know how you can fully communicate cultures with your workforce sort of spread to the four corners. Of course, there are organizations that have had fatal sales in operation for forever and they have worked really, really well. But let's face it, this is about trying to get the optimum conditions for success and performance improvement in sales. So the question would be, um, does working from home create those conditions for a sales team to thrive? Or is it back to the office where you see the real benefit? I got a couple of clients that are I'm working with at the minute. One of them sent everybody back pretty much um, when they were allowed to, when they were first allowed to. And the other one has a couple of salespeople working from home. And I know which one of those businesses is doing the best right now um, in terms of sales and sales targets. And this is an observation rather than a criticism of any system. I, I think personally, um, it's really hard to communicate. Um, it's easier to communicate in person. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. And the ultimate goal for salespeople is that they're out five days a week and they're out meeting people and presenting and out prospecting and all that sort of stuff and there's nothing to say that you can flip your time between the work the office environment and your home place but I think a disproportionate amount of your time should always be in and around the office that's a personal view based on what I'm seeing from businesses that I'm working with the other thing I, I wanted to talk about was um, how you communicate from the top down to your salespeople, if you're a sales manager, sales director, or you're a business owner. And this ties in with the first point, how can you communicate effectively across an organization where people are in disparate locations and sometimes the method of communication, be it Zoom or Teams, is not um, the best way. I think you need people in the same room. You need non-verbal communication stuff going on. You just, you know, you need to sort of see the whites of people's eyes. You need to start to get a sense of the energy and the sense of attitude towards the targets or the discussions in those meetings. So I, I go back to uh, meetings that were held um, for the company I used to work for in the mid-90s over in England. And the sales meetings were fairly fluid, but regimented at the same time. They, they started on a, they were on a Monday morning. They started in and around same time there were four or five key points that needed to get across um, in maybe half an hour 20 minutes to half an hour it wasn't longer than that it was really short and sharp some of the meetings the management allowed some of the execs to run the meetings so they were told on the Friday you're going to be hosting the sales meeting on Monday morning so what's the message you want to get across to the team um, which was a really interesting way of reframing um, 
uh, sales figures and you were allowed to give a little bit of your own perspective, but it was to sharpen up um, people for management potential as they moved through the course of working on that business. There's a few things that were that were recurring all the time and, and it's probably the best example of sales meeting that I've ever been involved in where I was um, a sales exec where I had some management responsibilities and I'm kind of going to share the best parts of that. The first bit was really the objective and the preparation in advance. If you're a sales manager and you go into a sales meeting, it's really, really important that you have got in your mind a clear journey for that 20 minutes or half an hour or 45 minutes. Let's just say half an hour, depending on the size of the team, but you want to get your message out really quickly. You want clarity. You want everybody to understand. And so you want to have a little bit of rehearsal done on this. Come back to the book, um, I think it's the Barcelona way. Damien Hughes talks about Pep Guardiola spending um, seven hours for a 20-minute team talk. And and so if you're going into a sales meeting on on a Monday morning, have total clarity in your own head of what you're going to talk about around a very predictable framework, okay? So that framework is this. The first thing is you have to have statistics that at least reflect the productivity, if not the success or failure of your team. So the productivity of a sales team is the number of calls you might have made if you're in tele-sales, the number of effective calls that have generated meetings, the number of meetings attended, the number of proposals, the number of sales, revenue secured, and that's pretty much all you need to be looking at, four or five different um, parts to your matrix that will show the productivity of the team um, from the previous week. You're looking at the previous week, you're talking about um, where those figures are, against week, month, quarter, year on year, just to get a steer on what that performance looks like. So it may be, for example, that the previous period was um, very low or very high. Um, very low against what? Was it very low against the previous month? Is it going to be reflected in sales that are likely to happen in the next month or the next week? And so you've got those um, differences in seasonality in year on year and in week on week so it's important that you're showing the stats in context okay these stats do a number of things it gives everybody a clear picture of of where you are it also then allows you to talk about where you want to go to and activity that's required for the week coming it puts a little bit of a focus on personal people within the sales team nobody really wants to go into a sales meeting to look at a graph that shows them as the odd one out that's underperforming so it's a it it, it does a lot to help that individual um, or people within the team focus on the job at hand the the other thing is to 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 look at is um, a review of the previous week in terms of successes good good news and bad news um, highlights of the week things that you can talk about uh, every week regularly that highlights some of the good stuff the team's doing and some of the stuff that needs to be improved on. So I would have that section of preview and then a review of the week ahead where people talk about what they actually plan to do for the next five days of work based on the on a clear objective. Like what is your objective for this week? And so you're looking at asking people um, clearly what do you want to get? What is what's success going to look like over the next five days? What does that mean in terms of sales activity in the office? Out, what big presentations are happening? What proposals are going out? And again, not just focusing on the end result of the sales process, 
but focusing on the process itself and how productive they are being because if you get the productivity right, the chances are the seals are most likely going to come in the short term or the medium term or further down, or down the line. So you're looking at statistics, first of all, you're looking at the a review of what has happened the previous week and then a preview of stuff that's about to happen. And then the next thing you want to look at is the bad stuff. Like what problems are, are you dealing with that need to be addressed really quickly as a sales team? And without turning it into a conversation and negativity, every one of those problems needs to be accompanied with a, a, a decent solution or at least a discussion plan that you can take outside of that meeting so you are able to attack the problem head on rather than just making it the proverbial talking shop. And so again, come back to working from home or working in the office. If you have five or six people in a meeting environment on a Monday morning, um, there's an energy that's created and the burden of responsibility isn't just on the sales manager or the business owner. The burden of responsibility is on those attending the meeting. So going back to that role I had in England where it was um, every other week somebody new would run one of the products so it could have been me coming in on Monday and talking about what I plan to do for one of the newspaper products for this week, how I intended to do it, what the yield was going to be like, what we wanted in terms of revenue, who are the key targets, and what action needed to be taken to make it all happen. I don't know if you can really get that energy across on Zoom or Teams. I mean, maybe, maybe it is possible, but it's harder. And that's, um, I think if you're able to get your team together physically, um, at the start of the week I think that's the option that you should really take then you're into the kind of any other business which if you treat it like any other business it will fail to get the results that you should get out of this part of it and it's the stuff about birthdays and you know what's been going on within the team environment and the dynamic itself stuff that you are selecting carefully that people might be happy to talk about that will start the week off with a little bit of energy and a bit of crack and a bit of fun and slightly detract from the serious conversation that has been at hand because this is the tone that you're setting for the week. There's as much about emotion, attitude, behavior, the body language, the non-verbal communication, the energy, the interaction between your staff to kind of set the tone for the rest of the week. If you get that wrong, it's no... It's not the end of the world, but it's probably going to have an impact on the team as they walk out. For the older people listening, you might remember the TV program Hill Street Blues, which was precursor to NYPD Blue and a precursor to The Wire and all of those box sets that everybody loves. And there was a staff sergeant who called everybody into the meeting on the Monday morning. And the last thing he said to them was, be careful out there. And... It has always struck me that that's the mindset that you want to get across. Um, you want to get these people focused. You want them to have a really clear run at the week ahead. And whatever happened last week is gone. It's all about what they do now. I hope that's helping in some way because that's a fairly simple sales management template. Um, in terms of timing for meetings, I don't think they should be lasting more than half an hour. Um, save that for your monthly meetings or save that for your, your business reviews each quarter. But I, I think you, you need to um, get the pace right, um, 
bring in all the coffee and scones you want, but at the end of the day, if you can get it done in 20 minutes while people are on their feet and get them in and out, then that's what you should choose to do. We'll be interested in your thoughts on that. Um, just curious to, to see what other people think and how working from home or bringing people back to work has affected you and the team dynamic and individual performance across um, the last few months. Um, okay, so the other thing I want to talk about is kind of connected to customer service and branding and sales and all that. And uh, normally um, in other podcasts you hear people saying a word from my sponsors and they'll do what Bill Burr calls the reads and he reads out a bit of advertising. I'd like to give some free promotion to a couple of places that I've been very fortunate to have a supper or a meal in in this last three weeks. The first one is the Old Glen Bar and Restaurant in Donegal, which is just outside Carrigart on the way to Dunfanaghy or over Loch Salt for all those people who are familiar with Donegal. If not, Google it. Beautiful scenery, um, but the food is just extraordinary. Um, you're getting five-star service and the food is just incredible and the wine list is amazing and you have to book up probably about two months in advance such is the its popularity so um if you haven't been there try and get there before the end of this year um it's well worth going up there's you can book a room in the place and if all you do is go up and have bed and breakfast and an evening meal you'll fly down the road on a sunday fully satisfied other good places to eat up in Dunfanaghy arnold's hotel in Dunfanaghy is real good as well and there's the rusty oven for pizza so but the Glen Bar and restaurant is unreal. The other place I wanted to just um, give a nod to is the Artisan in Strangford. And I had been down to um, the Glen Bar and Restaurant with a cousin and myself and herself had decided that we would take him up here and show him the Artisan and kind of compare the two. And we had a meal in the Artisan uh, last night, which was Thursday the 8th place was stuffed and the food was just unreal um, we talk about customer service and attention to detail and these experiences um, don't rely solely on the product that you're served they are very very much down to the interaction and engagement that you would have with the people serving the food the ambience and all that sort of stuff and in a climate that's very heavy on price increases and demands on people's money the you know it's easy to stay at home and cook and save a bit of money. Um, I think restaurants like that kind of need our support if you can because um, they work really hard at keeping themselves open. The artisan in particular reinvented itself, I would say, four times or maybe three times for definite over the period of the pandemic by creating outside spaces, pizza places, takeaways, uh, tasting menus, the whole lot. And so fair play to them if you're in the area in Strangford. Um, hit the artisan try and um, book it online as well sometimes the weekends are very hard to get a table finally um, I'm putting this out there if after having spoken so highly about these two restaurants and places to go to eat and spend your money what would you do if you went to another place and that's usually really really good and you had food that was so substandard that you're really really disappointed um which has happened today and I went to a place and I'm not going to name because it would be unfair and I'm kind of tempted to send them an email saying look I love your food I think it's class but today's isn't really the standard that you're known for 
and I'm only ringing to let you know or sending you an email to let you know um, but I wonder if they'd really want to hear that I would like to think they would because they worked really hard to build the restaurant or the cafe that they have and I think it's just um, catching them on a bad day but these build, these places can't have bad days you know the artisan and the glen you'll never have a bad day going there but you pay for that but you never have a bad day you'll always be getting really good food you'll get spoken to by your first name and you'll get everything that a five star experience would you'd want from that spending 30 quid or 25 or 30 pounds and getting takeaway food driving five or six miles to get it and then coming back only to be really disappointed is is either going to put you off going there again or if you feel strongly enough that you want to support them, should you send them an email and tell them? That'll be the question that I would leave you with. Um, drop me an email if you with an answer. If you think that you would definitely tell them, um, then I might just do that. I don't really want to be ringing up. and um, I'm not sure what to do. I'm re- Part of me really wants to because uh, I think I might be helping them out and another part of me thinks that I should really shut my mouth and let them get on with their own thing. Thanks for staying with me for, for this long. And um, if you want to drop me an email at paul at shift-control.co.uk. It's paul at shift-control.co.uk. Um, or follow me or connect through LinkedIn. And um, yeah, talk to you soon.